Thank you, Lonnie. We had this week a computer breakdown, and then and this morning a printer breakdown. <laughs> and so thank you so much. Thank, thank you, Lord, for printers and computers at church, right? <laughs> I'm going to pray again. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much uh, for this precious time of worship, this precious time to exalt your name, to glorify your name, to um, invite your presence here, to invite your leadership here, your government here. Lord, we just pray that um, you would continue to lead us, instruct us, teach us by your spirit. I pray that you would guide the words that come out of my mouth, Lord. Anything that's not of you, will you let it fall to the ground? Lord, I just pray that we would um, encounter you and we would leave this place more in love with you and more renewed in our mind, more transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so um, whenever I was up here last time, <laughs> I was talking about the power of words and life and death and the power of the tongue. And there is, you know, you would think when you're on that topic that there is like s seemingly like there's more verses about what not to do, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you know, guard your heart for, uh, you know, from it there, guard, you know, your, because from the wellsprings of life is coming from your heart out of our mouth. And so, you know, and, and a lot of the verses that we went over, and so, and I was like, Lord, I really want to, I really want to focus in on not just the not, <laughs> you know, but the two, like, what do we want to do, like, knowing this life and death and the power of the tongue and knowing how desperately, you know, how dangerous it is. Like we talked about last time, like, you know, it starts what a deadly, you know, force is set on fire by the, by the tongue, you know. I mean, wars are started, uh, you know, uh, all kinds of um, a breaking down of relationships, all kinds of, you know, evil that the enemy speaks out of, out of the tongue, and and so it's like ah, all of that stuff that we we don't want, and then really wanting to do the opposite of that, not just say take this thing away, but say what is it that I what does I really want? Even even when I think about the verse, you know, um, you know, the that out of that out of the mouth the abundance of the heart speaks, and so there's a lot of verses that even talk about guarding the tongue, but the thing is, is that like what we have to really do is guard our hearts. Right, because that is—it's out of that heart that the things are coming out of our, out of our mouths. And so, like, so what does that look like? I'm like, Lord, like I, I want to be a person that is speaking life into um, relationships, into uh, situations. Um, I want to speak life when the enemy is speaking lies and death. I want to speak life into my own, into my own heart, into all around me, right? It's the fragrance of just carrying that light. And so, you know, he was just reminding me that um, it, that one of the, it's the word of God that is really where all of that light and all of that life is coming from. You know, and when I think about times when somebody has spoken life into me, not words of death, but words of life, they have been um, usually a, like a combination of 
the word of God, the scripture, and, and also just prophetic words, which were basically like revelation of words that the Lord had spoken to them to speak to me. And they were, you know, their foundation was in the word of God, right? Um, we've even had these situations with ourselves when we say with those moments that we were like, ah, everything is falling apart, you know, and we're like, Lord, I want to be still and know that you are God. What do you think about this situation? What do you think about these thoughts I'm thinking? And, you know, and what he does is he comes in and he answers that prayer like a flood and he, um, he brings his scripture to our mind, right? And then we can prophesy over ourselves. We're speaking the truth and the life of his living, breathing word over ourselves. And that is where that life and death are in the power of the tongue and the power of our thoughts and the power of our heart, right? All of it is connected. So um, essentially, it's just the words are from the word of God, you know, or those words that somebody is speaking over us by the spirit have their origin in the word of God. So we're pretty desperate for words of life. And at, at this time, it's, you know, with all the things that are going on in the world, you know, I, I was thinking to myself, like, I'm watching the news, you know, this past week, and just, uh, like, political turmoil, <laughs> um, wars, rumors of wars, you know, the earth is groaning, you, you know, fires and hurricanes and earthquakes and all these things. And it's like, oh, Lord, there's all these big things that are happening around that are these um, spiritual realities that are manifesting in the physical. So what is like the significance of this idea of um, life and death being in the power of the tongue? And it's, 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 super, it's actually really vital because if we don't understand and if we're not postured in a place of alignment with Christ completely in his word and what he's saying and what he thinks about situations. Um, we're really not able to be his ambassador, to be his witness, to actually speak into situations, pray into, prophesy, sing into situations unless we really understand like who we are in Christ and our power that he is actually wanting to direct through us. There's many people in the kingdom of God that are sidelined because of discouragement or shame or fear or habitual sins, um, separation. These are the things, like some of these things that we were like even singing into this morning. Basically, they're not free. <laughs> they're enslaved. And if we're honest, we can all identify areas that are within us that have not been liberated by the Spirit of Christ. I know it's true for me. I'm guessing it probably is true for, for all of us. Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now the translation says the yoke of slavery. So I want to stand fast. In the liberty of Christ, right? It's interesting, like standing fast, you understand there isn't, it, it isn't just, okay, stand over here in the liberty, and then you can move, 
you know, you can go back to like where were you, but like, no, you have to actually stay standing there. You have to stand fast. You have to stand firm, stand in that conviction of the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And this standing where he's standing, standing fast, when the wind and the waves are moving us all around, (laughs) circumstances, struggles, challenges, trials, tribulations, but we have to actually, there's, there's a thing to do. There's a firmness that has to be ha- to happen to stand fast in the place that he's standing. And where he's standing is where his government is, where his word is, where his spirit is. That's, that's where we have to stand in. This, this is a constant um, buffeting of waves and circumstances that we're dealing with that are, you know, knocking us all around constantly. And so there is this restabilizing ourselves um, and standing fast in that is something that is work. It takes intentionality because he continues to invite us to move out of slavery, um, out of the slavery of death and into freedom, but the enemy continues to war against that. It's, um, as I was thinking about this whole idea of speaking life, I was reminded of a book that I read years ago by Derek Prince, Prayers and Proclamations. And what it really did was just helped fuel um, some, some ideas of things that we do here on a daily basis, really at, at this microphone when we come in here and pray. And it's taking the word of God, the sword of the spirit, and praying that out, praying that um, out about our own lives, about... The, our community about things that are happening in the spiritual realm, things that are happening in the world around us, and so um, it's it's about praying the power of the Word of God into situations. And he would refer to it as proclaiming the Word of God. Um, and and his him he and his wife really practiced this approach in their ministry for decades. They took it further than like. Like, you know, every Christian ministry would believe, like, the Word of God is the, you know, the um, infallible, you know, Word of God that we base everything on. But, like, they really took it to a whole different extreme in terms of just proclaiming hundreds of different verses um, in in their agreement with them. And, you know, like, that is not... Proclaiming the word of God is not like, let's distinguish that it's not like, okay, I'm using this as like a good luck charm or it's, or, or what I'm doing is I'm, I'm taking the word of God, of finding a verse in the scripture that applies to a situation that I really want to have happen. And so I'm going to be like, here, I'm going to slap the word of God in that situation. Um, it has to be directed by the Holy Spirit uh, and it's, it's God's will in his purpose and what he's what he's saying, um, like not every piece of scripture is meant to be put into a proclamation of what is true. Some of it is just, you know, historical or poetic or there's, you know, different genres within the words. So, but ultimately for them, like the results was changing the spiritual atmosphere in their meeting, changing the spiritual atmosphere in groups of people that are praying, changing the spiritual atmosphere when they were under spiritual attack. It was, um, you know, I, if I think about the fact that 
even though I know that, like Derek Prince understood about the principle of songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, that revelation of the fullness of that expression, I don't think was really understood, but that basis of taking the power of the holy, the word of God and speaking it out was, was something that they really understood and they were very intentional about. The word proclaim is a pretty strong word. It comes from the Latin word that means to shout forth, you know, proclaim, shout forth. It's related to a New Testament word um, that we're more familiar with, which would be to confess. And so it's not like confesses in here, let me, I'm going to confess my sin, which of course we all should, but it's rather the confess that is the same as, to, it means confess is the, the same as, it's like, this is what the Bible says, and I'm confessing it because basically I'm saying I'm agreeing with, with that thing. Um, so to confess or to proclaim, it's about agreement. And as believers, it basically um, basically means that we're saying the same thing, like, like I just said. So the thing with our mouths is that God, God has already said in his word that there is power, authority. Like when, when we make words out of our mouth, we're, um, you know, we're either we're agreeing or we're disagreeing, right? So when we agree, our, agree with the word of God, we're positioning ourselves to receive the full backing and authority of Jesus. I mean, the, the, the word is first dividing between soul and spirit, bone and marrow. It's the discerner of all thoughts. And so it starts with that. Like we're reading it, we're like, oh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm not in agreement with that, or I am in agreement. It starts there. But then when we position ourselves to be in agreement with it, then what we're doing is, yeah, we're, the, the, the word is living and breathing. We're coming into the full backing authority of Jesus. And so when we, with our mouths, pray or we sing the word, we are praying, singing the specific things. We're crying out to God. We're asking for his will to be done. We are asking for the authority of Jesus to bring those things that we're praying and singing about to happen here. Um, we're asking for the government of heaven to get established here is basically what we're saying. We're like, I love, I love that the Lord's prayer. It says, you know, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. What is your will that you want done here on earth? It's all the stuff that's in the word. That's what we want done here on earth as it is in heaven. You know, I think about so many, so many challenges that we're faced with, that I'm faced with. The answer to that is in the word in two categories. One category is, who is God? Who does he say that he is? It's like, here's the challenge. Here's the situation. Here's the struggle. Here's the obstacle. Who is God? Who is God? God is the answer to all of those things, all of those different names that he has, identifying that there isn't any situation, any challenge, um, any circumstance that is beyond his answer because of who he is in his sovereignty and his completeness and his fullness and his power and his majesty. And then the other side of that is just what the word says about who God is and then who I am in relationship to him who you are, sons and daughters. Like, there's so much that we address with proclamation, with the power of 
God's word that fall into those categories of who he is and who we are when we are his, when we're in his, when we're in his family. So again, when we're praying, we're singing about those things happening here. We're asking God's gov- for God's government of heaven to get established here. And it's happening as it is in heaven. And as that, what that looks like, there's like all of those clues throughout scripture of what it looks like. The, the word for, um, I'm sure you've heard of the word ruach, um, within it, multiple passages in the Bible, but it has to do with the power of our breath. The breath of God is mentioned in the Bible as ruach Elohim. And is the breath, it's the wind, it's the spirit of God, and it brings new life. Um, you know, I brought me right to Genesis when I was thinking about in the beginning there was everything was formless um, it was void and God created in the heavens of the earth with the breath the bruach the breath of his mouth I was thinking about um, the fact that we are made in his image and he brought the first man into life by breathing life into Adam's nose and so the ruach is also used as the breath of life so the creation of man is originated out of God's own spirit, and not surprisingly, I thought, oh, here's, this is the beginning of it. You know, he created everything, and then he created us by the breath, by the ruach, and then um, he is going to defeat Satan in that same way. It's like, whoa, like this power, Second Thessalonians 2.8. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. I'm like, I mean, I have these images in my mind of just like this, this gush (laughs) coming out, like, oh, the power of the word of God, the, the Ruach, and just knowing like he put that breath in us. It's like when we, when we come into this, um, um, you know, Psalms 149 talks about the, um, you know, the saints on their bed, you know, and it talks about us um, with the double-edged sword in, in our mouths. And, you know, one commentator talked about this, this translation of the double-edged sword is like two-mouthed, which is kind of a weird translation, like double-edged sword, two mouth. You know, and so, you know, maybe there's different ways of looking at it. There's a lot of different perspectives. Sometimes on the Word of God, we need the Spirit, and, and commentators, commentators have different, like, different ways of looking at this. And so I'm just still in conversation with the Lord about it, but I just think this one commentator talked about the fact, it's like, it's almost like the, the two-mouthed, the double-edged sword is that God said it first, his Ruach, his power, he brought that word forth first, And then when we, as his children, as his bride, come into that place of perfect agreement, and we're like, oh, my groom, this is what he says. This is what the God of heaven says. I come in, I bring that word, and it comes out of my mouth, came out of his spirit, who he created his spirit in me, and then out of my spirit goes forth. It's like two-mouthed, double-edged sword. It's like this massive agreement which is what he's looking for. This is what his objective is within the earth, is to get himself a bride, is to bring his people into agreement with him and his kingdom and 
you know, identify through this, this process the who's the true wheat and who is the true tares, right? So um, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, the sword of the spirit coming out of our mouth, declaring what we agree is true. What we know is what we taking it from being the thing about a proclamation is it's like it's like this aggressive agreement. It's taking it from words on a page and in with the Holy Spirit saying, Oh, I believe that. I know that's true. And it comes forth. This is where we come into agreement with him and bring his plans and purposes to fulfillment on the earth. So we're made in the image of God and the same action of speaking, praying, singing things forth. It's bringing his power by the spirit within us. Like, we do this seven days a week. <laughs> and sometimes, like, when you're doing things, like, you, I just, I want to come back and get refreshed into the reminder of the power of the why behind the thing. You know what I mean? Like, I get driving after, you know, however many years, like 35 years of driving, I, get, I just, I'm kind of in a, I'm in autopilot. And I just do things like without thinking, but like sometimes it's just really, I want to come back and I want to remember like I am bringing my spirit into alignment with his spirit and I'm using the power of his living, breathing word that propels his um his power into situations and it changes and aligns my Holy Spirit, my heart all lines up to him when I come and get centered on it. That's what's happening when we're speaking, praying, singing forth his word. We bring his power by his spirit within us. Like I said, into situations. Um, but it's also not just the situations, but really importantly, it's about the spiritual warfare. It's about our thinking where all of that begins. It's like bringing the word of God in that's dividing between soul and spirit, bone and marrow. I need the word of God to divide, to divide between what is the spirit of God and what is the soulish ideas that I have, which is my own mind, my own will, my own emotions. I got to separate out what, that, what those two things are. And even as I say the word of God, the Holy Spirit comes with, because it's living and breathing. And it's like, it's like no, that part isn't and that part is. Like we've talked about this before. This happens that when when we're at the microphone or when we're singing, it's like, okay, this, there's this little bit here that is, oh, the, the word, when you just read it, the Holy Spirit brought conviction of that is you. So, and that is actually my spirit right there. Highlights it. How many of you have had that happen? Probably have, we all have. Okay. So, Second uh, Corinthians 10, 3 through 6 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when our disobedience is fulfilled. The, the arguments and every high thing, that, that is the, the thinking, our own thinking our own ideas, our own mind, will, and emotions. So Hebrews 3.1 says that Jesus is the high priest of our confession. So um, 
I was like, yeah, you know, this is one of the things. Okay, he's the high priest of my confession, but I don't really think that much about it. But it, if you think about it for a second, it's like if I don't have a confession, I don't really have a high priest. He's the high priest of my confession. So he is the high priest of what we confess, what comes out of our mouth. In other words, whenever I say something, um, uh, you know, what the Bible says about me as a believer in Christ, that's my confession. I'm confessing, well, this is what Jesus said that I am. I'm a daughter of God. And then I've got the high priest. He's my, he is there um, advocating, agreeing for that. It's releasing his authority, his blessing over my confession. So I'm saying something. It's just another way of looking at the idea of like power in it. But when I'm saying something, it's like it's when it's right out of the word of God, this agreement of heaven. It's like there he is, Jesus on the right hand of the Father. He's saying, yes, I'm agreeing. I'm the high priest and of that confession, that the same as, that what they have said that agrees with what heaven is saying. So the whole earth is groaning as in the pains of childbirth for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. The revealing, the revealing of our, our agreement of, uh, yeah, this is where I'm standing firm, where, where he says the center is. So releasing his authority, his blessing over my confession, the accuser of the brethren is always there making a case against us. But we have an advocate, the high priest, Jesus. He's there. When I agree with the Bible, what the Bible is saying about who I am, I am participating in my relationship with him as my high priest. When you agree with what the Bible says about you, you are participating with your relationship with your high priest, Jesus. So um, I kind of said this, but a proclamation, it's not like a It's not like a self-improvement affirmation. Like, since there's a lot of misuse of the Bible where it's, like, misapplied, we see this happen where somebody takes this scripture and they put it in this situation, but it doesn't necessarily apply. You know, very often people take that, like, Isaiah, uh, I think, 43, 1, you know, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you hope. No, actually, that's the wrong one. Um, Jeremiah 29. (laughs) 11, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you hope in the future. Um, the thing is, is that he does have that plan, but they often will take it out of the context of that it was actually a judgment that was taking place on Israel. And so, yes, his message just says, um, for I know the plans I have for you to give you hope in the future, and I might take you through uh, some really hard things to get the fullness of my plans for you. And so we have to let the Holy Spirit keep us um, aligned with him in the meaning of things. If, like, I know I've had this happen where I'm praying something out, and I thought I understood the meaning and maybe had been taught a certain thing, and the Holy Spirit's kind of convicting me, like, you're kind of actually praying that out of context. And so being sensitive what the, the Lord is saying is so important, so it's not like rote memorization. Um, it's, it's about speaking God's perspective into our situations. It's about confronting lies with the truth. Um, this is what Jesus did when he was tested in the wilderness. Satan presented him lies or like part truths, and Jesus responded with the truth. We could probably say he proclaimed it. <laughs> he was like, no, actually, this is what's true. Um, it's, it, it, it's basically he made an aggressive confection, effect, 
he made an aggressive confession of God's word. Um, like there's a wilderness of confusion around us all the time, right? Um, it's getting worse every day. The enemy is subtle. He takes truth and he mixes it with lies all around us. And we desperately need truth and discernment and to speak it forth in everyday situation. You know, it's, it's like you're having a conversation with yourself like often many of us do. And it's like, okay, wait, is this... I mean, I, th- I think a first, a first question that I will often ask is just so I can just discern, well, is this have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Is this thought connected to any of those things? No. Okay. Well, there, now we know. <laughs> this is soul. This is not spirit. <laughs> this is flesh. And then it's like, okay, well, what, then what is God's perspective on this thing? What does he say about it? What is the way he's looking at it? It's immediate. It's, it's this, it's this um, active process that we are all, um, if we didn't feel like we had to be in that mode a, a decade ago, we totally have to be in that mode now. Because as Tom often talks about, the hand of restraint is being removed. Like the enemy's fiery arrows are coming in at a, a massive accelerated rate. And so this um, taking the thoughts captive and not being lazy is, is absolutely vital, which is related to why, you know, that I wanted to kind of come back to review things that a lot of us that, that we know. So we need the truth and we need discernment. And so speaking his truth forth um, in our day-to-day is really important. And what we do here is we are singing it and we're praying it forth where, where it's desperately needed. Um, but I, I need it even outside of here. Like, I need it all the time. I need it before I go to bed. I need it when I wake up in the morning. I need it when situations are happening. I need it when the Lord is bringing something to the center that he wants to deal with. I need it because he is, because he's faithful, he's transforming me by the renewing of my mind. And this is part of that process of that transformation is saying, this is what isn't true and this is what is true. And I'm moving aside what's not true and I'm bringing in what he is true. We are rejecting and replacing enemies' lives with truth. That's what Jesus did when he was in the wilderness being tempted by Satan. It isn't optional. It has to be constant. It's the weapons of our warfare. They're not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So proclaiming the truth reminds us that um, we're coming in alignment. We're getting back to that standing, standing firm, standing fast in that area. So proclaiming the truth is reminding um, our redeemed flesh and the enemy that is there, that, that there's, a, there's a law that's written on our heart. He says he wants to write his law on our heart, his truth on our heart. And so what we're doing is we're letting him keep writing it every day. It's the abundance of the heart that we want our mouth to speak. You know, there is um, 
there's a lot of science about the um, about the way our brains work, you know, and it talks about the fact that like there are these neural pathways that are created, like there are like we could think of it as like brain ruts or something like there's things that happen in our brain you know this is so often the reason why when I think about the term stronghold which I talked about before it means like strongholds are things that we we we, the enemy speaks a lie and then what we do is we keep agreeing with that lie and then it's like building one brick you know it's building this thing where you could think of it it's like it's building like if, if you ever traveled and like there's this big deep rut going and it's been muddy and it's getting deeper and deeper and deeper you know what I mean and so like these these ruts actually have to be um you know built up so that we're we're moving out of them and that is continually proclaiming the truth of God's word here 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 (laughs) but you know continually because we're getting renewed. As we speak it, our hearts are agreeing with heaven, and we're getting transformed. We want to replace the enemy's lies with the truth of God so that what will be overflowing out of our hearts will be a mouth that is speaking truth. It's releasing the authority of God into a situation. It's releasing it into our own life. It's releasing it into our church. It's releasing it into upheaval in the world. It's releasing it as warfare against the enemy that um, is lawlessly controlling the earth. It's taking back our territory. So there's endless situations that we need the power of God. And um, kind of coming back to that word proclaim or to confess, proclaiming is really an activity of a herald. Um, you see it used more in the Old Testament, but it's, it's not a word that gets used much today. I, I looked it up like for synonyms, and that was helpful to me, you know. Um, advisor, courier, forerunner, prophet runner, harbinger, like in meet in medieval times. Um, you guys I, I was trying to picture movies, you know, and I'm I'm picturing like, yeah, medieval times, horses and chariots and armies and banners and all these <laughs> different things. But when it, when a herald was a person with authority from a king or a duke or a nobleman, and they would go from place to place and make a proclamation. And the proclamation had something to do with um, like a decision of the ruler, the will of the ruler. Like um, it would be like, hear ye, hear ye. Like, listen up. This is, you know, New sheriff in town. This is the way things are going to be. You know, this is this is this is what this leader, this government authority, is saying is the new reality for you all that are listening. So it's like um, when when they heard "Hear ye," they knew it represented a voice of authority. And so, in the New Testament, the word "preach" is the word for a herald. It means to proclaim. Matthew twenty four fourteen says, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. So, you know, God has appointed us to be worshipers and intercessors day and night in his tabernacle. This is part of that um, witness of 
the gospel going forth as a witness to all the nations, just the, the, the power of what we do here, in it, it's a witness of coming into alignment with God. It's, it's, um, it's part of our confession. The Holy Spirit does the drawing, and our witness, our confession can be used by the Holy Spirit. And, um, y- you know, and when I even think about, like, to preach or to herald, like, there are um, some of you that do, like, a great job at this on Facebook. Um, I, I want to do a better job. I pray, pray the Lord will help me. Um, but we have this chance to be this everywhere we go. Like, it's a conversation every Lord, and I'll just pray right now. Lord, I, I just pray that you would reveal what it looks like for us to be a herald of your coming kingdom, to, to be a witness to, um, that, that the gospel of your kingdom would be preached to all of the nations, Lord Jesus, because we know that that is part of one of the things that happens along with Israel crying out to you to be their king, Lord. We pray that you would help us to be faithful in this area as you lead us. Would you show us what that looks like for each of us, the different expressions of that in Jesus' name. So a super helpful way for me to see the power of proclaiming God's word is actually to see how, uh, it's like the picture of Moses' rod. Um, like we know this, we do know this story very well. God appears to Moses in the burning bush in Exodus 4, and he is sending Moses back to Egypt to deliver Israel, and Moses' response is pretty much like, probably mine would have been, <laughs> like, wait. Uh, like, if you think about Moses, he was, he was like at the height of his confidence when he was like 40 years old, and now he's been in the, you know, he's been a shepherd in the desert for 40 years, and he had lost, like, he lost all of his confidence that he probably had when he's, he's was 40 years old. He's you know, I imagine a conversation of him with the Lord, like, I'm in the sheep business now. I don't, I don't know anything about being a deliverer. That was 40 years ago when I thought I was going to deliver my people by killing that Egyptian slave master. He was like, I'm not equipped. I'm not qualified anymore. That was Moses' response. But God, in his beautiful mercy, showed Moses how he was going to um, empower him to, to do what he called him to do. He said, Exodus um, 4.2 said, what's in your hand? And Moses said, it's a rod. <laughs> it was typical shepherd equipment. And God showed Moses miraculous power in a seemingly insignificant rod. I mean, it's basically a big stick, right? In <laughs> um, Exodus 4.3 said, cast it to the ground. It became a snake. Pick it up again. Um, it became a rod again. See, in, in doing this, Moses had actually, um, he demonstrated his faith. He was, he might have felt equipped, but he was obedient. And he had the faith to pick up the tail of a snake, which is what you normally, you don't do. So he was, God was showing him how that seemingly insignificant thing was going to be an instrument of his divine authority. And so with that rod, Moses defeated the magician's of Egypt. He stripped Pharaoh of his power. He humiliated their gods. He brought Israel out of Egypt and freedom. So if you think about it, every time that Moses cried out for that 40 years in the wilderness, God directed him to use the rod. He would say, God, here's the situation. And God would say, take the rod in your hand 
and do X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. And he, and he did that faithfully every time except for the one time, right, when he told him to speak to the rock and he struck the rock because he wasn't looking to use the rod in that. It was a submission obedience thing. So Moses' authority was symbolized by the rod that was in his hand. So, I mean, when the Red Sea was divided, he held out the rod and the waters were separated. Once everybody was through, he held out the rod. The water came in and destroyed the army of Egypt. So the only equipment that he needed was the rod and faith, obedience, to do what God told him to do. So so what is like our rod? Um, we have a rod. It's the Bible. It's got unlimited potential, unlimited power. It's like Moses' rod it is actually used to extend to God's authority into situations. It's, um, it's any kind of a situation where Satan is opposing the people and the purposes of God. When Jesus was in the wilderness, Satan was opposing the purposes of God. And Jesus used that rod, that word, the scripture, and that's how he shut Satan up. Just like Moses was submitted to God, we have to be submitted to the Holy Spirit. Just like Jesus was submitted to God, we have to be submitted. And um, I know we've all done this. We've had this situation where we pray. The Holy Spirit highlights a scripture, and we pray the word. Um, Probably one of the most common situations for me I think about is getting anxious about something, getting worried about something, and it's like immediately it's like, all right, that's what you're supposed to do. You're not. Lord, I don't want to be anxious about anything. I want to pray about everything. I want to present my request to you. And I want to thank you in confidence, knowing that you're going to do the thing. Like even before you've done it, I'm saying, thank you, Lord, you're going to do the thing. And then even praise him. Thank you for, you know, thanking him and then praising him for the fulfillment and how he's answered my prayers before, how he's intervened before, how the situation where I was anxious before and I was like, what's going to happen? And it's like over and over and over again, I praise him because he is a provider, because he's a healer, because he's my banner, all of those things. And his peace that passes all understanding guards our hearts and minds. So um, that is like our rod, applying it in situation. You've done this before too. I, I'm, we're just reminding us of things that we've done that we want to continue to do. There's, this, there's something that's going on. It's not love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. It's not all those things. And it's like, okay, God, what do you think about this situation? And then he brings that thing. He'll bring a, um, a word, a scripture to our mind. And that is the like, he's like, what's in your hand? Pick up that. It's rod. It's your word. It's your word. God is in my hand. Okay. All right. I want you to take that word, and I want you to execute that in your situation. Execute that power. We're extending his authority into it. So we're, you know, we're, we're proclaiming it through prayer as we bring that particular word, and we're thanking him for what he's going to do and praising him for the answer. I, th- I think like another one is like, you know, a co- common one for many people like fear. Okay. Lord, you said, you did not give me a spirit of fear, but you gave me a spirit of love, power, and sound mindedness. Like, okay, I'm not going to believe this thing here. I'm going to believe this thing here. And I'm saying it with my mouth and it's going forth.
there's power in it. So um, there's many, um, I kind of give an example of that, like um, same thing like financial, you know, God being a provider. Like Lonnie and I made a conscious decision about, I don't know, I guess we're going on about a year, but there was just so much going on, like college was happening and a tree falling on our roof and um, just all kinds of things hitting all at the same time. I was telling somebody about the dentist, crazy dentist. <laughs> um, but it was like, all right, we realized we're getting tense and anxious about money, you know? And it's like, this is unfaithful. And so we just got super intentional about praying to him, about thanking him, about being a provider, revealing areas that we need to do anything different. Is there something hidden that we're doing something that is wrong that we could adjust and do differently? Um, do we have the wrong attitude about it? Is there times that we're giving that we should be saving? Is there time that we're withholding that we should be giving? We're just trying to give all of that to him and he was just providing us passages about believing like he is a provider. Song of Solomon 6.4 describes Christ's bride, the church. Awesome army with banners. So um, under the banners of proclamation, <laughs> thanksgiving, praise, um, God is calling us to faith. We're proclaiming the truth of who he is. We're, when we're, we're here and we're like, there's a prophetic song that's being released and then we're all singing that in agreement. It's like this banner, this banner of who he is, is going forth. This praise of who he is, is going forth. Um, it's like, um, it, it's like proclaiming his perfect plans. Even when we talk about agreeing with the judgments, it's his just decisions on the earth. Part of what happens in a proclamation is not just the thing that is this. We I think we think of it as a positive outcome, but the proclamations of his judgment on the earth. Proclamations of the fact that his the enemies are are going to fall. That the enemies of God about you know his bride will be vindicated. Though you know those who are. Um, suffering for his name. And so agreeing with his judgments is part of that. His just decisions, we're agreeing with the truth of what his word says. Um, he's appointed us to be heralds and ambassadors. And he, he wants us to drive out demonic strongholds because he wants his bride to be free. So I'm going to end with Galatians 5.1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled to the yoke of bondage, slavery. Lord, we, we pray that you would um, speak to us more deeply about these things that we know. We pray that you'd make them alive to us. Lord, I want to be so excited about your word, about your truth, that what I'm doing is, like, I want more of it in me. I want to proclaim it throughout the day. I want to, I want to make um, the renewal of my mind. I want you to find those areas where there is, like, ditches and ruts of... Um, things that the enemy has spoken that aren't true and then come in and let your word like renew and reframe those things. Lord, we don't, we want to be liberated so we can help other people get liberated. We want to be free and out of slavery fully so we can help other people get free. Lord, we thank you that the testimony of Jesus is that the enemy had nothing in him. Satan couldn't tempt him because there was nothing in him that he could 
gain an access or a foothold. Lord Jesus, we want to be liberated so that we can be your agents of helping other people get free. Lord, we want to reject um, and just repent of, of, of any lies that we believed, and we want to replace them with your truth. We, um, Lord, we don't want to just remove something like we want to replace it. We, we, we don't want to conform. We want to transform we want to be reminded, Lord Jesus, about, we want to see all of the ways the enemy comes in like a flood have to do with an attack on two areas, who you are and who we are. And so, Lord Jesus, we want to remind ourselves of who you are. Jehovah Rapha, our healer, we want to be reminded that you are um, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Lord, we want to be reminded that you are Jehovah Nisi, our banner Lord, we want to be reminded when we feel desperate and isolated and discouraged that you are a Jehovah Rai, the one who sees us. We want, to, we want to be reminded that you are our shepherd. We want to be reminded that you are the one that heals all our wounds, um, that, that you are the one that, um, that forgives all of our sins and heals all of our diseases. Lord, we want to use your word as a rod. Lord, we ask, we want to be like David, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in your sight so that when the enemy attacks, we, we are, we're, we're not trying to defend ourselves. We're just putting your sword forth, forth. We're putting the righteousness, your righteousness as our breastplate to protect us. That we're protected um, by the helmet of our salvation, because we're your sons and we're daughters. We're precious in your sight. Lord, we want to be carrying the gospel of peace through our shoes, through our feet, not, not the gospel of, of trying to, like, of, you know, everything is harmony and there's an absence of conflict, but the peace that brings reconciliation back to God. That's what we want to, that's what we want to walk in. So, Lord Jesus, would you transform us by the renewing of our minds? Would you recommit us, Lord? Would you recommit me? I want to spend more time taking your word, the rod of your word, and bringing it into my own thinking, my own circumstances, the situations around me, the upheaval in the world around me, the demonic strongholds around me. Lord, would you help any area where we have kind of are phoning in our understanding of the power of your word. We're asking, would you take us to a new level of understanding the Ruach, the living, breathing word, the powerful Ruach word that we have, that you've given us. Would you implant it in us? In Jesus' name, amen.